Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A big weekend for 12 former Penn State football players finding their home at the NFL level. Greg Pickle was following the draft all weekend long with great insight reporting over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. He and I were taking a crack at the draft this year, and we're going to talk about it today. So, Greg, how you doing? How was your long weekend of watching people get their name called on air? Yeah, T. Frank, it was great. Obviously, Penn State had another successful NFL draft weekend, one of the most uh, players picked for any school. I believe the biggest was maybe 13, if I have that number correct. I'm 13 sure or 15 from Georgia. One of those, yes. 13 or 15. I think it was 13. Yes, I believe it was 13. So, uh, you know, obviously Penn State didn't have that many guys go, but uh, by full and full, it was a good weekend for Penn State, a good weekend for the guys who were former players and now off to the NFL, T. Frank, and also a good weekend for the school to be able to boast more of those NFL draft picks. You always like having a first-round pick, but you like having any round pick, yeah. and Penn State had numerous of them this weekend. So what was your biggest takeaway from the weekend, whether it was a Penn State takeaway or just generally watching the draft? What, what, what when you think about this weekend, comes to mind first? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest uh, thing to me is that obviously we all know that this is a passing league and that wide receivers are at a premium and so are pass rushers and guys who can stop the pass in terms of the secondary. But if you didn't know that, you certainly know it now because – you saw the run of receivers and included Jahan yep. Dotson in round one. You saw the run of defensive players uh, to start the NFL draft. And then you saw, uh, obviously, Arnold Abikitti and Quan Brisker go in on day two early in the second round. So when you put all those things together, certainly a uh, an obvious takeaway, but one that is uh, worth repeating nonetheless, is just that more and more this is the passing leagues. So when we yeah. see players move from tight end to defensive end or offensive tackle, I'm thinking of this Penn State recruiting class, for example, uh, there's a reason for that. And it's because that's where these guys can play at the next level and make the most money. Well, I mean, it's just it's simple economics, really. So I think you'll see more of that in the future here. Guys moving positions where uh, they could be prioritized in both college and the NFL. And that's defensive end. That's uh, wide receiver. Uh, and then obviously you get the guys in the secondary as well. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the. Uh positional players that were drafted in I thought back to Micah Parsons and the 2020 draft because uh where was he drafted uh, I'm trying to find that quickly and I, I don't know if I have this right here but um one of the comments James Franklin made about Micah Parsons at one point was he was a steal at whatever the Cowboys got him at like 12 to 15 yep. but if you look at yes. his if you look at his draft position and you just take out the quarterbacks he was a top five. He was like a top five, top seven pick. Um, Correct. Quarterbacks change the top of the draft. And to me, yep. this year, the biggest surprise, I couldn't believe that NFL teams controlled themselves when it came to quarterbacks, like desperate right. teams, because that's kind of what the story of Jahan Dotson was. There were no quarterbacks taken. 
and right. there was a run on receivers, and uh, as opposed to Parsons being pushed down a little bit in that draft because of quarterbacks, those two things, I think, pushed Jahan Dotson up a little bit in the draft. Maybe 21-20 is where he was yeah. his starting value, I thought, was in the first round. Going at 16, that's great for him. That's a great position for him. Uh, but those factors led to where he's drafted because the composition of the players available is uh, is always a part of it. But... This is the same NFL that took Christian Ponder in the top 15 and Jake Locker and, uh, you know, all these terrible quarterbacks that had no NFL or college production, that had no, like, real solid tape. And the only guy that goes in the first round is Kenny Pickett. It it was just fascinating to watch the NFL actually, for the first time ever, control themselves. And I don't know what the factors were to take Malik Willis, Sam Howell, who went really late in the draft Matt Corral all Mm -hmm. these guys down the board so to me that was the most fascinating thing now I want to before we uh move on I want to make sure we get the full list of Penn State draft picks here uh so this is these are the guys that went in the draft itself Jahan Dotson we already mentioned Arnold Ebikidi going 48th overall Brisker goes um uh excuse me he goes 48th overall Jaquan uh Brandon Smith in the fourth round uh, 120th overall, Jordan Stout, 130th overall. In the sixth round, Tariq Castro-Fields, uh, 221st. Seventh round, Rashid Walker. Seventh round, near the end, Jesse Lucetta. So, uh, hey, Frank, I got to interject for just sure. one quick second and sure. note that it is a yearly tradition that we have all these Penn State guys go off the board in like the last uh, 25 picks. I mean, yeah. it is it is multiple years in a row now where uh, we can't post stories fast enough in terms of Oh, wow. There goes Tariq Castro-Fields. Okay, there goes Rasheed Walker. All right, there goes Jesse Lucetta. Uh, It was a mad dash there down the stretch. But ultimately, it ended up being the exact guys we thought would get drafted, did get drafted, and the yep. ones who uh, you know who did not go. Obviously, many of them found Holmes as undrafted free agents. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it went pretty much as expected. But, yeah, it's been a couple years in a row now of – those last minute uh, picks uh, working out in Penn State's favor. Is that uh, is there anybody on this list that you see that kind of surprises you, either high or low? We already talked about Dotson, but is there anybody on this list that you think went in a place that surprised you? Well, so, you know, obviously I think the easiest answer is to start with Jordan Stout, right? I'm going to take the uh, easy way out there, T. Frank, and go with him because obviously, yeah. uh, you know, I think most people, I'm not going to try and butcher his name, but most people expected the San Diego State punter to be yep. the first specialist off the board. He was not. Um, but, you know, Jordan Stout's versatility is really something we've talked about for a long time. It, it, he's sneakily the most underrated missing piece of this Penn State team from 2021 to 2022. And I don't think it's particularly close. You can say it's yeah. Jahan Dotson. You can say it's uh, Rashid Walker. You can say it's this guy or that guy. But to me, uh, I think it's easy to forget how many times he made opponents start at their own 25 or yeah. he pinned an opponent inside its own five or its own 10 or its goal line. Um And so I think, you know, obviously the field goals weren't always great for him, but, you know, clearly NFL teams watched with amazement at what he was able to do during his time at Penn State. And because of that, he ends up going in the fourth round. Uh, And if you would have told me heading into the day, T. Frank, or heading into the weekend, rather, that he was going to be the fourth Penn State player drafted, I don't think I would have believed you. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, And and the the difference between the two, I think, between – Ariza and Jordan Stout is maybe you've got the strongest leg since Ray Guy. Who knows? Like I don't, I don't really know. But the consistency 
and the accuracy that Jordan Stout has clearly was the separator of his ability to pin yeah. players or pin teams inside the 10 yard line inside the 20 yep. versus touchbacks and kind of losing those hidden yards. So he's got one of the stronger legs and all that accuracy. And like I told you when we were when we were having this conversation when he was drafted, I'm not surprised that a specialist goes in the fourth round, but I'm always surprised when a specialist goes in the right. fourth round. We've seen kickers yep. in the third. We've seen punters high before. But every time I'm like, even in fantasy football, you don't take your kicker that high. So it's just always a little uh, bit Well, of a I did win a fantasy league one year taking a kicker in the second round. So no. I have done that Was it before. a bet? We, we no, it's a league that prioritizes. It's an older style of scoring. So, okay. you know, you get six points for uh, just about nothing. You get three points for a touchdown. And I think you need 100 yards to get a point in the receiving and passing and rushing categories. But the field goal kickers get three for a 30-yard field goal, four for a 40-yard field goal, five for a 50-yard field goal. So wow. you can win a lot of games with uh, with a quality kicker. So I have done that before. But Justin uh, Tucker MVP it. sort of thing? Where that's you're correct. 10 you points it. a game from your kicker? Jeez. You nailed it, yes. <laughs> yep. How about that for a Monday morning fact? <laughs> um, so which situations of these guys did you like the most of players yeah. going to to organizations or positions that you liked how they fit? You know, Because that's a, that determines a lot of what the next step is for these guys. So what did you like and what did you not like of that list? Well, you know, I can see Jahan Dotson getting onto the field quickly in Washington. I think obviously yeah. whenever you go in the first round, you're probably going to be a first round pick. But you look at that roster, they have Terry McLaurin, they have some other guys, but there's no question that he's going to walk onto that team and become the possession receiver, in my opinion, become the guy that uh, can bail out Carson Wentz, which as Eagles fans know, he does need bailed out often uh, as at least, things go. So. At least Jahan Dotson is used to that. Like uh, so, a couple True, errant passes fair. a game, he's able to yeah. go up and get them. Yep, maybe that's part of the reason they picked him. Um, but yeah, so I think the fits there, good T Frank. I really do. I know that there were a lot of NFL media folks who thought that Jaquan Brister would be able to maybe start right away for the Chicago Bears, which is where he landed in round two. And I even taken a long, hard look at their uh depth chart, but that seems to yes. make sense to me. So yes. I, I think yeah. that you know, again, usually when guys go on either day one or day two, they're going somewhere where there's an obvious need. Now, that's not every single one of the guys that was picked with what, what the first uh, 106 picks, I guess it was. But a lot of them was that, you know, that is the case where they need someone to come in and step up and play right away or at least be able to compete to play right away. So I think that was important. And then, you know, obviously, if you look, uh, you know, where Stout landed with the Ravens, they had another tremendous draft. They have a tremendous draft, it seems like, every single year. So yep. that is not a surprise by any stretch of the imagination that they were able to pull that off yet again. So, I mean, I think that was good. And then, you know, I look down at the end of this list. I'm thrilled that Jesse Lucchetta got a shot, T. Frank. I yeah. mean, talk about a guy who has always been great to us. Not that that matters or makes any difference, but he's always been great to talk to, always very insightful. And was willing to do whatever Penn State needed him to do, both as a linebacker and as a, as a defensive lineman. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, just hearing his name called, I know it gets weird at the end of these drafts, right? Because yeah. there are, if you talk to agents and you talk to players, um, there are times when guys would prefer to not go in round seven because then they can pick where they go and they can go to the place that has the most advantageous option for them to make a roster as opposed yeah. to being assigned somewhere. So, you know, it's sometimes kind of a, a, 
a hit or miss thing there in round six, late in round six and in round seven. You know, I'm sure guys are just, you know, in love with the idea of hearing their name called and all that. But T Frank, it looks like I may have uh, dropped off here. If you can yeah. just throw a graphic up, I'll get that fixed while I talk. But, um, sure. but yeah, so, you know, I think that, that ultimately what, uh, you know, what you saw there in the late round was a good opportunity um, for these guys to find somewhere to play that was, uh, you know, looking for their specific position. So I think I'm back now on the uh, YouTube side of things anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you look at, when you look at the fits, I mean, I think it can be hard to assess those late round picks. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers probably draft a corner in round five, six or seven every year. You know, the yeah. Green Bay Packers yeah. might look for a tackle in round seven every year. I mean, we might as well just address that now. I mean, I think Rasheed Walker is the player that Penn State fans have had most of their questions about when it comes to, um, you know, who should have left school, who should have come back, blah, blah, blah. Did he make a mistake? And to me, you know, again, I put this on our Lions Den premium message board on uh, Saturday morning, I think it was, T. Frank. But, you know, uh, this whole idea of, well, he made a mistake. Well, he shouldn't have left. Well, he should have come back. You know, I, I think we have to remember that there's so many possible circumstances these guys could be dealing with, some of which may have nothing to do with the grade that they get. It may just yeah. be they want to move on. It may just be they need to move on, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I, this it's very easy to try and frame this conversation as, oh, he went in round seven. It was a mistake. But I, I just it's much more nuanced than that as far as I'm concerned. We talked about that on the BWI live show earlier today. So uh, if you want to get you know my thoughts about that and, of course, uh, Dave Eckert, Nate Bauer, we discussed that particular topic, uh, I think, pretty well and in, in depth earlier today. Uh, so I just want to comment on a couple of those things because I think you bring up some great points. Uh, some of those guys, I'll just I'll just give you some quick thumbnails on what I found today when I was researching the good positions that these guys or the bad positions they they fell into. Jesse Lucetta, they actually talked about how intelligent he was, how uh, great of a person he was, and his versatility. So some of those things that you mentioned, as far as do they matter, do they not matter, they helped him get drafted in the end. So that's a good thing for him. Tree Castro Fields, uh, cover four system. It's kind of an off-man-zone hybrid. I think that's actually pretty good for his skill set. As a guy that runs really yeah. fast, needs to play in zone, but maybe it's more of an off-zone where he's not playing in the flat and tackling as much. And then I, I wrote for the top players that Penn State had drafted. You can check it out at bluewhiteillustrated.com. In-depth how they fit at their positions. So uh, those guys, you can check out bluewhiteillustrated.com. Um I thought Brisker might be the best one when it comes to his fit at the next level because yeah. it is a zone system. It's a two-high system. He can be deployed across the field, deep, in the box, in the slot, whatever they need him to do. He can do all those things. So I think that's going to take advantage of his anticipation, his burst downhill. I think that one is great. But the one I'm going to bring up as far as what I think might be the best potential fit is the Carolina Panthers and Brandon Smith. The other guy that should have returned to Penn State, right? He goes I was going to say, yeah, if uh, Rasheed Walker was the first one, yeah, we should have talked about Brandon Smith first. That's my mistake. Yeah, yes. shake, shaking your fist at the sky sort of thing for some Penn yeah. State fans. And here's here's my rationale. Uh, it is a system that, that wants speed at the linebacker position. I mean, they mentioned freak athlete, freak athlete, freak athlete. Matt Rule was in love with the physical potential of Brandon Smith. But when I looked at the roster, and my thought was he would be a will linebacker at the next level, keep him in the same position, let him learn. Yep. Shaq Thompson is a well-established, very good will linebacker in the NFL for the Panthers. At 250 pounds 
and kind of looks skinny at 250, Brandon Smith yep. might be a Mike at the next level. And I think that might be where they project him, but they have Corey yeah. Littleton there already that they picked up a one-year really low uh, salary for an NFL free agent. So there's the opportunity for him to play there, and there's the opportunity for him to not play and to take his time, get used to the defense, learn the position. They mentioned how, you know, the COVID year plus being a junior, a true junior, that was kind of part of his evaluation is he might be a little more raw. So my hope for Brandon Smith is that he gets kind of a redshirt year. Maybe he gets yeah. to do that at the NFL level because I think if he if he's throwing it at Mike right away, he's going to struggle for all the reasons that we've chronicled at bluewhiteillustrate.com. Right. So I think there's a chance for a really good position there. Um, and then the longer I look at the Atlanta Falcons and what they do, Arnold Ebikidi, as long as they have him going forward, and that's what I wrote about last weekend. Mm -hmm. If yep. he's going forward after the quarterback, it's a great fit. They're attacking defense. You're not always attacking from the same position or the same angle. There's a lot of stunts, blitzes. There's a lot of uh, simulated pressure. It is a lot up front. But that also means somebody has to drop. Right. And... I don't want Arnold Ebikidi dropping. I don't think that that's his strength, and I don't think that's why you draft him in the second round, at the top of the second round, to be your guy that's going to drop. So, right. But they got Dante Fowler Jr., I think, on the team, so yep. they've got other designated pass rushers that are specialists that way. My concern yep. is that they're going to they're gonna keep him in coverage, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, so those are my guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, when it comes to um, who do you think, and we'll get, we'll get to the UDFAs now because this is another list of interesting players. Who do you think has the best chance to stick at their team or what do you like out of these four players for Penn State? Derek Tangelo goes to the Falcons, Eric Wilson to the Saints, Drew Hartlob, the specialist to the Panthers, and Ellis Brooks to the Packers. What do you yeah. think of this list? Yeah, so I always have a hard time with UDFAs, T. Frank, just because, you know, we want to celebrate them for the fact that, you know, they are reaching a major career milestone, and that's awesome. But as we well know, it is very, very challenging to make an NFL roster as an undrafted free agent. I mean, that happens all the time, no question. But, you know, if you look down this list here, I think obviously the biggest thing that jumps out to me is that outside of Brooks, uh, you know, Wilson can play probably all three inside positions. Tangelo is obviously able to play either defensive tackle spot. So, you know, I think that there's some versatility there, which is key. But to me, I think if you were forcing me to pick one guy who's still on an NFL roster by September out of this group, it could be all of them. I wouldn't be surprised. But if I have to guarantee you one, it's going to be Drew Hartlop. I really think he'll find a home in the NFL as a special teamer. His speed is unmatched. 
I know you can only dress 53 guys for game day, and you don't always want to uh, use one of those spots on only a special teamers, but if he can change a game for you, you're going to be willing to do it, and he can change a game for you. So I would say that he is the one guy I would point to, no question about it. So that, that list to me is, I think if you look at the first and the fourth, those are the two best players on that list as far as guys right. that have the best skills. I also think that they're in the best position with, in the other part, and you're absolutely right, of like any of these guys or none of these guys or all of them could be on the roster because a lot of it has to do with do you have a numbers crunch at a different position? Do you need right. more of another position? So Derek Tangelo, there aren't a lot of defensive tackles on the roster for the Falcons. And because he has that versatility to play either the one-tech or the three-tech, especially in that particular defense... That's a decent spot. But the guy that I was surprised by that almost nailed my evaluation pre-draft was uh, Ellis Brooks. He needed to go to yep. a a three-down front with a strong front seven You know that has a good defensive line. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt Jr., the guy that uh, they drafted in the first round. The difference is yep. Quay Walker they drafted with their first-round pick. So he's going to be the starter. He, he's going to slot in as that rookie to start. But outside of that, not again, not a lot of linebackers for the Packers. And I think that's a great fit for him. I don't think he has to run and cover as much ground in that particular situation. And he can come off the field, you know, because Devondre right. Campbell is yep. the guy that is their third down linebacker. If he's going to be in that system, special teams is the first thing. And linebackers are good for special teams because they can do a lot of things. Right. Secondly, yep. I think that there's enough uh, room on that roster that he can back up both positions, the Mike and the Will, and make the team. So I, I think that's a good spot for him. Um, when we go to, uh, sorry, I'm reading through my notes here. Next thing that I, I was interesting, uh, that comes up all the time when we talk about this particular draft class is eight players drafted in this draft, the most since 1996. Did that number yep. surprise you at all? No, no, no. That was the number I had targeted for, uh, for Penn state when I did my predictions back on, I guess, Thursday of last week before the first round of the NFL draft started, I had all eight of these guys being picked. I was nowhere close on where most of them landed, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I had the days right, T. Frank. I had Dotson yeah. day one, Evaketti and uh, and Brisker day two, and the rest on day three. So I had that part right, but my individual predictions did not fare very well. Uh, I actually need to go back and check those. I know Jordan Stout's the one I missed the most on, and it wasn't even close. I think I had him in round seven, and, of course, he went in round four. Because so. he's a punter. Like, again, like we right. said before, he's a punter. You, you can't ever predict those things. And Rashid Walker right. like I said yeah I could see him going in the fifth I could also see him not being drafted it's just right it's a crapshoot with with a guy that is injured yep. and has up and down production so absolutely yep. uh when it uh, comes to sorry continue oh yeah I was just gonna say that yeah no I mean this was about right I thought that there was a small outside chance they could get to 10 it was gonna be very difficult I mean I think the only way they could have done it was uh, I, I thought maybe somebody would take Hartlob in the seventh round. I could have saw that. I could have saw a Tangelo or a Wilson or a Brooks, Brooks going in seventh. Because, look, when you get to that point of the draft, it's all about preference. And you might have a guy pound at a table for a guy to be picked in the seventh round. And if a couple scouts really feel strongly about it, I think they can get through to uh, the leaders of the draft room. So you never know. I, I thought eight was most likely nine or ten possibly, but probably not. So, yeah, this played out exactly as I envisioned. Another thing we talked about on the BWI live show earlier today, if you can check that out on replay, by the way, here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, if you're listening to the podcast version, which 
By the way, this is a great time to remind you, and I should have done this at the beginning, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts if you want to listen to us in the car, your daily commute to and from, anytime you want to listen to us. But if you want to check out the videos, bluewhiteillustrated.com on uh, the internet as well. Our website, sign up for just a dollar. The whole package deal, the uh, podcast, YouTube, and the website, all is $1 right now. 12 months of access. And for the other two, it's for lifetime free. Unless, I don't know, YouTube starts charging for things. Uh, right. When we Which get you this, never know, T. Frank, but you're not going to beat a dollar for a year for us, so I can assure you that. Certainly not. Yep. Certainly not. Uh, one thing that has consistently come up from our subscribers who talk to, talk to us on, on the message board is, why was this team so bad then? Why, right. uh, why was this the last two seasons this team underperformed and they had so many players drafted? What's going on with this particular situation at Penn State, and why did this why did this happen? Well, you know, I think that look, um, you know, ultimately, what it comes down to. Sorry, uh, we uh, if you've noticed, I've been a little bit distracted today. We adopted a two year old golden retriever yesterday, and uh, it's been a <laughs> it's been a challenge to get through this show, T Frank. But uh, we're getting there. What's so, your name, by the way? Um, I forgot to ask. It is Finn. So we have a boy named Finn now joining our five-year-old Lola. Um, and I can hear them just thundering around upstairs. I can only imagine the trouble they're getting into. Um, but yeah, so, you know, again, I, that is a really, you know, I, I, I look, we had a discussion about it on the Lions Den message board. And there were a lot of people who um, were rightly uh, kind of chiding me for, you know, the point is that my thought is that I, the coaching staff is what everybody wants to yell about, right? How could the coaches not have this team uh, be better uh, when they had eight guys drafted. And I get it, but look at what their positions are playing. Yep. They're not quarterbacks. And they're not having impact defensive linemen go early or impact offensive linemen go or early or quarterbacks go early. So um, you put all those things together, T. Frank, and yeah, it's great when you have eight guys drafted, but uh, number one, majority of them come day three. So, uh, you yep. know, again, only 200 and what, 62 players, I guess it is, get picked. Um, so that's saying something, but it's not like these were – uh, you know, it's not like they had nine first-rounders or nine day one and two guys or something yeah. like that. So – um, but yeah, I mean, look, what did we talk about for a hundred uh, hours of VWI dailies last year's uh, last year? It was once they had an issue at quarterback and once they had an issue at defensive tackle and PJ Mustafer went down. Yep. They had problems. And yep. guess what? None of the guys that are drafted out of Penn State over the last couple of years have played either one of those positions. Defensive end, obviously, has been very good. Defensive tackle, not so much. Um, and so I think that, you know. We talked about it at the start of the show, but it's a passing league, and they've had some receivers go early, obviously, and they've had some, uh, you know, some secondary guys go earlier than not. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a passing world, and Penn yeah. State has struggled at times to consistently be able to pass well and defend the pass. And you can have all the guys drafted in the world that you want, but if you have trouble with that, um, then obviously that is going to hinder your ability to uh, perform and win. And I think eleven and eleven speaks to that. And that, and by the way, last season was one of their best coverage units that they've had, not just under James Franklin, but probably this millennium, like, right. you know, probably yep. the last 20 years. Like, that was the best collection of overall talent. And because yes. they didn't have – football's a team game, but some positions, as you point out, matter more than others. And because the quarterback struggled, you can have the best right. pass defense in the world, but if you don't have some semblance of both, this is where you end up. Uh, and there was – so. There was one other thing, and this is just a funny thing that um, 
Well, I already talked about it on, on the live show, so I'll leave it there. Another thing to, to go listen to the BWI live show earlier today because we're, we're double-dipping is what we're doing. We're talking about a bunch of stuff from the draft and from the weekend, yep. uh, the new AD, but here we're focusing on the draft, so want to make sure that there's stuff over there for you to go check out. Last fun thing, nonsense question. How yep. many Penn State players are first-round picks that are currently on the roster for 2023? Please Good look question. into your crystal ball and tell me who's going in the first round next year. Good question. I would actually get, uh, we'll have a story of some sort related to this over at Blue Illustrated at some point this week. But I mean, I look at the current roster. So look, uh, should, could Sean Clifford be a first round pick? Yeah. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. So uh, let's rule him out of the draft eligible guys that will be Please. forced to move on to the NFL next year. You have any thoughts on that, T. Frank, or should I just keep going? Just keep going. Yeah, because the Joe Burrow year was supposed to be last year, right? Yeah, well, this is the Kenny Pickett year now, so um, <laughs> got to keep all that in mind. But look, I mean, I will say about, you know, I, I hate, you know, I don't want to take pot shots at Sean Clifford. That's not right. But yeah. I will say this, that, you know, when you look at uh, what he was doing last year prior to the injury at Iowa, um, he was, you know, the Kenny Pickett thing was not crazy to see. You know, you can see it again. Yeah. It's just the consistency yep. and staying healthy and, you know, the issues they have along the offensive line. Um, you know, are part of what, you know, what is going to keep uh, what has kept Sean Clifford from staying healthy. I mean, but look, Jair Brown to me could very well be a day one pick. I, I see that as a possibility. If PJ Mustafer was healthy, T Frank, I think you're talking about a day one or two guy, but I just don't know yet how healthy he's going to be when he's going to be ready to perform. So I think yeah. that he's one that I probably have to leave out of that conversation. And, you know, when you look at the receivers, could somebody star and, and become a first round pick possibly sure um but i don't know if i get the sense outside of jair brown that penn state has any real first round selection opportunities at this point in time but uh, you know which is kind of the case with dodson a year ago i'll i'll take a, a different crack at this of guys that i think have the physical potential to be first round picks but they have to put together the uh you know the game better way of doing it yes Min mitchell tinsley i think if he can improve some of his explosiveness which james franklin talked about he's got production he'll have production this upcoming season so he'll have two years right. of that if he can improve those physical traits and be a little more explosive a little faster uh, I think he's good in all of those things and he could be yep. a first round pick because we saw Dotson who did not have the size but had the speed and the the route running if you've got a guy that's got tackle breaking ability good deep speed I could see as long as the production matches up that he could yep. be a, a, a borderline first round pick and you never know because receiver such a deep position Joey right. Porter Jr. has the physical tools to be a first-round pick. Um, I'm going to just throw out Theo Johnson as athletically. He could be. Um, but there has to be a lot of work. And then it's a one-year wonder sort of situation where right. the NFL might be a little bit leery. And if you're going to be a tight end in the first round, you've got to be special. Right. So is he special? We've seen the physical tools. And we've seen the numbers and the testing at Penn State. But there there is a long way to go for that to happen. But physically, I think he could do that. Uh, I just right. don't, and on the flip side, on the negative side, I don't see Adisa Isaac with the size. If if right. Arnold Abikidi didn't have enough size, and he's 250 pounds, and he's six foot two with great length, and you right. have Adisa Isaac, who is not, again, not a, a, a zone guy. He's not a guy that drops into coverage a lot. He's a pure right. speed rusher at 245 pounds. Unless you're Von Miller, and you have this unnatural strength about you, that's not something right. that you're going to be drafted at. So I think there's a couple of guys that physically have the potential, but it's about sure. putting it all together. Um, 
another big thing happened this weekend, and that was official visits are now being set for the the uh, summer. So yep. main thing is check out the BWI Daily Recruiting Show coming up tomorrow with Greg and with Ryan. But is there anything you want to tease that you want to talk about tomorrow or any nuggets from this weekend that you want to share to let people know what you're talking about tomorrow on the show? Yeah, I would just say this. We have a lot of guys to break down tomorrow, and it's names that are familiar to Penn State fans. But at the same time, like you're going to have to do like the 550th Tony Rojas graphic, I think. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll cover him again on uh, Tuesday's show. But yeah, I mean, I think that obviously the, the main takeaway is this, T. Frank, that it is now that time of year where guys have either gone on some official visits and they're ready to set their officials or uh, they're just going to name a top five and go on their officials and then decide or they're going to set an announcement date and not really set any other travel plans. So uh, they maybe do that in the fall. So this is that time of year where there are going to be guys popping up uh, with top list and with official visit dates and with unofficial visit dates and so on and so forth. So I would say it's a pretty transformative time. And the other thing I would note, T. Frank, this is not necessarily related to recruiting, but just throwing it out there. Um, it is Monday, May 2. So the transfer portal window has closed for those who want to go in and still be eligible to play this upcoming season. Uh, and so right now it's just Cole Brevard, unless I missed one, which is possible, but I don't think no, I did. So I don't think so. Um, Penn State, according to our David Eckert, is now at 85 scholarship players. That's with Damian Robinson in and Cole Brevard out. So uh, their roster appears to be set at this point in time. Well, there you go. That's uh, I, I think that's a, that's a big win for Penn State that they didn't lose any significant players to have. I'm surprised they the didn't, fall. frankly. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially at some of the positions we talked about with the depth and competition right. and, and guys are remaining committed in the situation. One piece of news I'm going to break here because I, I'm, I'm surrounded by all these great reporters and like I, technically I could be considered that sometimes maybe, but not really. Uh, so I just wanted to put this out here. Uh, Timmy Robinson has uh, is not going on an official visit to West Virginia anymore. That yes. is now open. So that I just saw that on Twitter before we started the show. So I wanted to say that I wanted to get one on the board. You know, it's like a thousand to two with uh, with everybody here at the BWI roster of excellent reporters, including Greg Pickle, who's here on the show. Thanks for coming on talking draft with me. Always a pleasure, T. Frank. We'll talk soon, buddy. Uh, coming up tomorrow, the BWI Recruiting Show, and of course, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Subscribe to all of it, all of it. Links in the description of the video. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.